Hello and welcome to the Life As Podcast. My name is Ryan Madrid, and this podcast gets people to share things about their lives from which other people might find something useful, meaningful, life-changing, or just funny. It's a conversation among locals about the world to the world, maybe mundane, but actually relevant. Recording in the Philippines just this 2019, this is the Life As Podcast. Have you ever heard the saying that no man ever crosses the same river twice? For it is never the same river and never the same man. It's an aphorism, a general truth weaved in a memorable quote. But the translator of Heraclitus would need a millennial lesson in pronoun convention because though no man would be the same after having seen the world, the same can be said of our guest, as she has come back from a one and a half month journey traveling by herself. A doctor fresh Hello off the there. board. Welcome former schoolmate and dear friend, Patricia Alvarado. Yay. Oh my god, let's go. Hello, hi, hi. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. Hi, Patricia. Okay, first off, how are you? Saka nang, saka nang kanina and Tell us about yourself. Oh man, where do I start? Alright, so yeah. So as as our listeners may have heard, yes, I'm a doctor fresh from passing the September to October physician licensure exams. Yeah, the first one that was ever postponed for a month and a, or longer. Yeah. Oh board exam and it was a disaster. So we went to biology together. Yep. I'd like to ask you why 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 backtrack Why did you choose biology to begin with as a college course? Um, already almost nine years ago, Patricia yeah. chose biology. So bakit biology? Well, and would you recommend biology as a pre-med course? Well, first of all, because well, growing up, I really did love like out of all the science subjects, biology was the most interesting to me. Like anything about the human body, anything about animals. Plants, you know. Or the cell. Yeah, the cell. Plants, not so much. But maybe, yeah, the cell. You know. Uh, that part of science that really, really was interesting to me. And it made more sense to my high school brain to take it up as a pre-med compared to, say, psych or other allied health professions. So, yeah, that's what I ran with, you know. Yeah, so af- after biology, obviously, you went to med school. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for the benefit of our listeners... Both your parents are doctors, is that correct? Yes. So, yeah, I grew up with pretty much my. You yeah. could. Some people would argue my life was pretty much planned out. You know, having a mother who's a pathologist and my dad is an anesthesia, anesthesiologist. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I was exposed to growing up. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, among, among doctors, parang, they, they can they, they stereotype that depending on your residency. And ako personally, I wouldn't be able to relate. My my father was a lawyer, he is a lawyer, and my mom worked as an accountant during her earlier years. Ngayon, mostly still accounting and business management. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we were both in biology, and I guess if Tisha said um, uh, her life was planned, ako naman parang I, I guess I had more than enough reason whether I should not go to medicine. Yeah. We're doing this podcast. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, so, g- going into med school, I mean, curious lang. I guess there are a bunch of other kids out there, maybe younger than you, mm-hmm. maybe still in high school, with parents as doctors as well. Malamang, there's gonna yeah, be for a sure. couple of kids out there. Um, going into med school, how much of it was due to your parents? And I'll stop there. Uh-huh. And how much of it was out of your own volition? Oh, wow. You know what? Do you have like a percentage out of 100%? I'd say it was, by the time we finished college, it was pretty much 60-40, you know? 60 being what? 60 being that, I guess, I wanted to actually go into med school and 40% was still the residual. Like, my parents want me to be a doctor. Yeah, Yeah, because if you, if you chose something else, parang wala silang, they wouldn't be able to help you out? Would you agree? Well, parang? they wouldn't really... 
it wouldn't really matter so much, I guess. Like they would, well, they didn't really help me out throughout med school. They just gave me allowance and say, okay, go study, be a doctor. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. <coughs> well, tapos na. Uh, and uh, Tisha is now a doctor. Just finished the board exam. Yeah. Can you detail quickly? Since you're our first real doctor guest, uh, oh my! Can you just detail quickly what was inside med school? Five years, diba? Yep. It was a five-year course, and what was inside it? What, what, what did you study? And after finishing med school, what what comes after med school? Oh gosh! So well, having gone to a five-year program, because usually most medical schools in the country are four-year program. The last year is an internship, which Usually, if you go to another school, you have to, after graduating, you apply, get matched with the hospital to do your internship, after which you could take the boards. But I was lucky enough to go into an institution that already had the internship in the package. So that's pretty much straightforward. So for those who aren't, uh, don't know, I went to Ateneo. So it's a Young. bit different. Since we have not just an MD, we also have an MBA. So while we're going through the five years of med school, studying anatomy, physiology, pathology, the different subspecialties of medicine, we also have an occasional accounting class or HR. And the occasional uh, poetry reading and well, <laughs> live performance. Yeah, that's actually quite... You know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the importance of it until... Afterwards, you know, it, we'd, we'd after, for example, we'd have a module about the respiratory system, then to, as a culminating activity, as they'd call it, they'd, we'd pr produce videos or live music. Oh, guys, there are some gimbal in Ateneo. It's not just Crazy stuff, man. You know, the, the funny thing is, I was in a conversation a few, few months ago. I was, I was with my mom. And a bunch of other moms. Mm -hmm. Ako lang yung kid And the other one mom, uh, apparently about 10, 15 younger than my own mother, had a kid na um, nasa college. Mm -hmm. Her eldest kid was in college in psychology, and was uh, thinking of. I, I think they were thinking of going to med school or what med school to choose. Ooh. And ako naman, I just jumped in. Tita, try nyo ateneo. And you, you, you know what? I was sort of parang napahiya or taken aback. She said. Bago pa kasi. Well, this was just last year. Ateneo has been operating as a med school since 2007. Yeah, it's it's our tenth year of existence. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, what do you have to say for people who have that perspective? Na bago pa yung Ateneo med school and public health. You know, um, yeah. Okay, I'll admit that my med school is pretty young, but if you look about at our performance for example in the board exams and how our graduates are in different fields right now so we're not just in different subspecialties training in different hospitals but we also have graduates who are working in the government or in NGOs like doing public um, focusing on the public health aspect of healthcare so not just treating the individual patient but also looking at communities and seeing how the, their health could be improved by Policy making and different interventions, not just the traditional. Right, it's it's in the name. It's Ateneo yeah. School of Medicine and Public Health. And Public Health. So you'd yeah. be hard pressed to find any other institution with uh, those two words tied in the name. Definitely. Uh, although not to knock on other med schools, pero um, safe to say, if you have uh, a nephew, a niece, or a kid, na really go, it's really uh, sure na magbe med school. Ateneo is a good option, so don't discount the. I would say that I the mean, nice five-floor building along Ortigas Avenue. Yeah, it's a small, but you know, it's a good community. That's what I say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 some of our friends might know them. Tambay ako ng UERM, and yeah. one of their problems, whether before nung nagawa yung overpass and yung may overpass now, was exactly that crossing the school side and the hospital side. Noon, pedestrian lane lang, buwis buhay. Although may tao naman doon. Ngayon, overpass na, so medyo hihingalin ka. In Ateneo, isa lang. Just, just one five-floor building and mm -hmm. everyone is like hanging out between classes. Yep. Um, Matraffic lang, no? Yeah. Just Ortigas, a bit more traffic. Ortigas. Kailan matigas ka sa Ortigas. Yep. <laughs> so, Tersha, med school. Was yeah. it, can you tell us? Was it easy? Was it hard? 
You know, looking back at it, it was what it was. Like, there's no denying that med school is difficult. That the sheer things of the things you have to read, it college just is just pales in comparison to med school. Like, looking back, I, I, even I'm not sure how I got through all of that. But it, you know, it happened. Parang my scale, your high school is a semester in college. And your college is a semester in med school. Pretty much. Like, we had this one. I just, you know, just a tangent. Like, we were, we had this one lecture, cell biology, first year. It's like the lecture took two hours. and But the content of which was just one semester of undergrad. Like, that's of, how it felt. Of our college, of cell our, bio. Yes, bio 150 in oh, two man. hours. So... <laughs> Bio 150, ma- ma- madaming lumalaga pa sa class na yun. Kasi ang kapal talaga ng textbook. Crazy. <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> eh, well, do you think people in med school... Oh, okay, it's hard. Ma- madami namang hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, even athletes have a hard time. Tuguro kung professional athlete ka. Um, one, in, the, in the previous podcast with Reggie Perez, with, he threw a nice word out. He called it existential crisis. Now, it's catchphrase na yan yung millennial in the millennial age how do med school students get these as existential crises and how much how, how do you describe these things oh gosh from your side as a med I, student i think it's a daily thing and <laughs> <laughs> like you know you're stuck at this point in life when you're not you can't really call yourself an adult because you're not self-sufficient it's like an but we like to call it is like an extended adolescence because technically you're on your you're already of legal age. You're going on your own to school, graduate school. You're you're technically in a professional setting, especially if you're on duty in the hospitals. And yet you're still in this point where you're asking for money from your parents. You still have to tell people yeah. in your family, hey, I can't make it today or tomorrow because I have an exam or I'm on duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that, and then. When you look on social media, you you see people you went to high school with, and oh look, they're getting married or having children. They're still in school. Like okay, this is fine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I would say that even in the private sector, people our batchmates na nago work na. I guess they have some of those too. Uh, the, would you say? Would you wanna for the new incoming medical stu- batch of medical students? Would you tell tell them? Would you ever tell them to just not think about these things that it's okay to yeah. still ask for money yeah, it's yeah. okay to not to be to be absent from family gatherings well, yeah like the best piece of advice i could give see you're in med school you want to be a doctor this is the life you choose so being part of being a doctor means having to make sacrifices like your time isn't really your own you know you're caring for other people besides your family. So it's understandable that it takes a lot of getting used to, but this is, especially in our country, we have a shortage of health professionals, so you're pretty much needed in a society that has a lot of sick people. And yeah, yeah. Parang it's, it's a yeah. negative vacuum. Like yeah, when you step out, you get, you get sucked out. It's a work, it's a work ha- it's, a, it's part of the job, basically. You know, um, well, with regard to the existential crisis, um, it, the the best piece of advice I could give, like, just accept it. You know, it's it's it, it just accept that this is your life. This is it's not a race. There, that's the best way I could say it. It's not a race. You're not compare. Your life is your own. You're not comparing it with your friend who's who's already starting out a family, who's already doing great, earning lo- loads of cash. But you're running your own race. It's again the. The one you're running against in this life is just you. Yeah, yeah. Ako, like ako for the benefit of our listeners, I would say personally, you know, um, yes, you need money, kailangan mo yan yeah. to eat. But really, I've met people who don't have problems with money, and some so there's still something about them that you know, unhappy. You know, yeah. so it it's not the whole thing. So doctors who stave off five years, five extra years away from the workforce, they're actually investing in themselves. They're, yeah. they're flowering, a, uh, they're, they're watering a garden. Yep. Gets it, me an analogy there. Yep. It's like, you know, investing in a bank. Like, it's gonna pay off a few years from now. You just won't feel it right now, but, you know, just do what you're doing 
soon enough it will I'll come back to you just yeah, yeah. it's the same for accountants so yeah. it's a four year course obviously and then the the, the idealists you they would work in a an audit firm mm -hmm. where they're paid the minimum wage yep surprisingly and they have to work it like four or five years mm -hmm. once they hit a managerial position Kite one, two years lang. So seven years of self-investment, of watering your garden, yep. of being feeling a slight tinge of embarrassment when you feel like comparing yourself to others. And then that's when they leave the audit firm and and you know, work as a big wig finance officer at other companies. So it's the same. It's not yeah. just for doctors, it's also for accountants, maybe a bunch of other professions. Yeah. The gas always looks greener on the other side, man. Yeah, or the grass is green where you water it. Yep. Anyway. Last na lang about med school. Is mm -hmm. there anyone, you've met a bunch of people in med school. Yeah. Do you think there's a type of person who shouldn't be in med school? Who should not? Yeah, who shouldn't be in med school. Do you think there are people who end up there not supposed to be there? Of course. Uh, yeah, especially the, the first type of person comes to mind who goes into med school just because they're their family wants them to. It's not from their own volition or because the 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 only way I could describe someone who's uh, okay enough to actually go into med school and finish med school is someone who's crazy enough to want to go through all the crazy stuff that you have to go through to become a doctor, like all the duties, all the sleepless nights, all the coffee. Yeah, you have to be crazy enough to want that MD, to be honest. Yeah. Crazy enough or... Yeah, I guess crazy. that's a good word. I mean... Uh, I know. Who else in their, in their right mind would want to work 36 hours straight without pay in, as an intern? Yeah. Let's be real. You from yep. from the get-go. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'd love to talk more about med school, but let's change gears for a bit. Trisha. Awesome. You just came from a super 1.5 month long trip. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think the longest I've been out was 1.2 months. Well. You beat my record. <laughs> One and a half months away. Uh-huh. Um, nagpaka Nas Daily ka. Do you know Nas Daily? Oh yeah. Oh my God, he's cool. He's so cool. Life goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just finished his 1,000 video challenge. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool guy. Um, tell us about your itinerary. I am in absolute awe. I need to... I need some wisdom bombs about all this right, trip. All right. So yeah, I've been I, right after the board results came out, I flew up, flew away from Manila. So get ready for this. It's a bit long. My mm -hmm. itinerary is a bit long. So here it goes. Go for it. So I went to Vienna, then Salzburg, Munich, um, Cologne, and Bonn, which is right next. So probably What's right in next. Bonn. That's where Beethoven was born. Mm. So that's the, pretty the, much why I went to Bonn. The composer. Not yes. The uh, then after Cologne, I went to Paris, Brussels in Belgium, Amsterdam, then back to Germany, I went to Berlin, then Krakow in Poland, um, after which I went to Prague, and then Budapest. Okay, yeah. take note guys, she did this all by herself. Yes, me and my one maleta. <laughs> you and your one maleta. Yep. The, the, how, how did the wheels fare in the cobblestones? Oh, well... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they actually did pretty well, actually. You, yeah. it, you gotta hate the cobblestones. <laughs> yeah. But, but the great thing about my maleta was that it, it was convertible into a backpack. So there were parts of the trip where I had to go upstairs. Like in Salzburg. Like this was, this is no a, elevator. That's part of the story. Because <laughs> I relied on Google Maps. So the bus took me to, to this spot. Then Google told me to go this path. And I thought, oh God, it's stairs. Okay, fine. We're gonna... Turned my mallet into a backpack, so I went up the stairs. It was I re pounds. twenty kilos. Uh, yeah. On 40 uh, yeah, something like that. So went up that. So okay, I'm fit enough to do this. We can pow power through. The, the stairs were a lot higher than I expected them to be. Let's just put it at that. How many floors? I didn't. I peg it at around five floors Holy plus cow. plus because it was a mountain. It was a mountain. The, um, my mountainous area my my hostel was on top of a mountain the view was amazing mm -hmm. but then when I got up finally I had to walk a bit then someone passed by and said why are you walking up the stairs in those in, in that type of luggage don't you know there's an elevator <laughs> nearby and I go oh, wow 
You cool. didn't see the elevator. I did not. It was not obvious. I, uh, it was my first time alone in Salzburg. Parang like super century elevator. It's like it's like you. It's like I thought there was a parking complex, so I completely ignored it. But when I finally got a second look at that place, it was one of the fastest elevators in the area. <laughs> like 15 seconds, you're you're there on the top of the mountain. That took me 20 minutes on foot on the stairs on the other side. So yeah. nice to know there's an elevator. Yeah, nice to know. Nice to know you're strong enough. <laughs> Had to power through a few breaks in between, but you know we lived. You know what? Um, I think your Facebook friends uh, would do themselves a favor by checking out your posts yeah. on well, your timeline. Well, everything's on Instagram. So oh, okay, okay. Do, do you want to share your Instagram handle? Yeah, sure. Um, at Trisha Alvarado. It's just T R I C I A L V A R A D O. Basically, my name one A. Yep. In between. So, yeah. uh, man, ang lupit ng trip na yun, and uh, you, yeah. you went there for, uh, what was your like goals doing the trip? What was well, your like main points of interest? Well, ha- basically, I, it's been 10 plus years in the making. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's Kaya something pala. I've always wanted to do. Having grown up playing the piano and listening to classical music. So, hearing about Beethoven, Chopin, Bach. So I, wa- I really wanted to go to these places, see where these people lived. Yeah, a bit of my nerdy side, see all the art I read about, see all the music, live music. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, you, your feet were hurting, but you didn't matter. I didn't care. You didn't like, care. My Achilles tendonitis went into play like the third day in, but I didn't care. You should have checked your, does your phone have a, a tracker? Yeah, yeah, yeah tracker. I did. <laughs> you know what? I, I did do more than 10,000 steps a day, definitely, like, for sure. But I, I, be, I believe those calories were taken back. Like, whatever I spent walking, I took back in with like beer, street food. Oh, beer. <laughs> yeah, night market food. Masarap ba yung beer sa Europe? God. Well, not Europe, but wherever you had beer. Well, yes. That's yes. A, yes. <laughs> Better than uh, pale pills. <laughs> You know, Pil Pilsen is good in its own way. That's mm-hmm. what. That's what. Every beer, I would. There are some exceptions, but I like to think that every beer is good in its own way. Yeah, I yeah. think there, there's a story in in Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, ha, Munich or München? München. <laughs> München. There's a, a an, an auditorium there that that burned down. And they didn't have any water. The nearest was a pub, so mm. they used beer to douse Hydrate. out the flames. Oh yeah, but yeah. it, it wasn't enough. So they just told themselves, "Let's just let this thing burn down and drink the beer." Yeah, <laughs> that was from a, from an American tour guide when, when I was there. But you know the common the common history in especially in countries that drink a lot of beer like Brussels in Belgium and in Prague, like they're came a time in their history where the water was not potable at right. all. So everyone, including the kids, would drink beer to stay hydrated. Yeah, like, mm. because uh, the, the, the bacteria used to ferment beer had the natural antibiotic. Yeah. Parang whatever. Mm, all right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, if it works for you, I guess. Uh, yeah, so give me a beer right now. <laughs> yeah, man, that would be so cool. So, Tisha, I mean, it was a... For me, the trip is amazing because you can and. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who want to do what exactly what you did. For yeah. Maybe you can just tell them how you felt about it. What, why did the trip matter so much? Oh, yeah. do, do you wanna, does it matter because you just finished med school? Was A, a, a number of reasons, actually. Yes, mm-hmm. because I finished med school. It's something, something like I wanted to rest after taking the boards. So that's one reason. Mm-hmm. Another reason was culturally. So... Well, for cultural reasons, I wanted to see uh, a bit. It's a bit of a history musical nerd in me that I wanted to see where my favorite composers grew up. I went to the streets where Jose Rizal once lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of a stalker, but yeah, that's what it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a lot of fangirling, like historically. Well, uh, it, it was about, of course, yeah. your your childhood roots in classical piano. Is yeah, right? yeah. Uh, b- before we go there, I mean, what's your advice for people who, who, um, what's your advice for people who don't take a break after med school and they they do moonlighting 
at the same amount of work they used to do in when they were interns or they go into residency. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. What, what's what, what what's your advice or what's your piece of wisdom for them? You know, if you're happy with your doing at the moment, just do it. Like don't 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 be so influenced with that other don't compare yourself with what other people are doing basically. It's your life. If you're happy with it, just go on. Yeah. Power through. Yeah, power through. I personally that's why I asked Trisha the question because I just find myself worried. I, I we do have a bunch of friends who are just like that. Yep. I mean, how I wish she could just take a break. Um, how I wish there was a like a government lockdown for <laughs> for hospitals and you just had no choice but to sit down one or two weeks kahit weekend lang yeah. and take a break for for your own good yeah Tisha, at what age did you start playing the piano um four or five i guess i've been pretty come to think of it every until med school i've been playing the piano almost every day hmm. Oh, you still play the piano every day today? Uh, no, not so much. Not as much as I should, mm-hmm. you know. But, but yeah, but, but still, I mean, um, you play it like leisurely. Leisurely, yeah. Leisurely. Like you if there's a, a piano and I feel like it, I still know how to do for at least after five years of not practicing. Up until the second movement. Yeah, the entire thing. Even the crazy, but but, but it, it is a bit frustrating when there were there are some songs I could play well in high school that I cannot do now. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, well, I guess para kang um, athlete where yeah, you, you had practice. a peak. I mean, um, to give to give our piano playing listeners like an idea, I, I, do, you, do you mind sharing at what age you? You like you benchmarked the major pieces. Like, at what age did you did you finish the sonatinas? Oh wow! Okay, so let me see. I started out at age five. Then by you probably, you probably finished John Thompson's teaching little figures how yeah. to play in the first week. Oh no, not not really. I I did finish at around age nine, I suppose. Yeah, around that age. Mm. Then. I remember starting to study for Elise at age 13. Mm-hmm. Then my first Chopin, I think, was at first or second year high school. So I was 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, by the end of high school, I was playing a few sonatas. I, lo- I really loved Chopin and Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Then I played the piano all the way to college. So by college, I started trying out George Gershwin, Rhapsody in Blue. Right. Those kinds of things, Our and then composer. yeah, love that guy. Then med school came, so had to read more med stuff, then play the piano. Mm. Lot of things happened, so yeah, here we are, back to square one. <laughs> and I think you finished the certificate in yeah. So in for those who have gone to Miriam, you know, there, there's a music center there, and they have a program affiliated with the Royal Schools of Music in the UK. I'm not sure if they're still doing that, but in my time they did. So. It's up to grade 8, and yeah, so halfway through college, I was able to finish grade 8. Somehow, somehow looking back, I don't know how ma- I managed that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- th- that's one thing unique about Trisha. I mean, normally in college, you, you tend to stay with the herd. But obviously, this lady has something else in mind, something else planned out. And she never really lets the subconscious um, factors control her. She finished uh, her certificate. With during uh, our rigorous biology course, for me rigorous than entire crazy <laughs> biology. <laughs> and um, I, I think there's one. Mo- y- y- do, do you have a? Do you know another batchmate or schoolmate who is also a classical pianist? Oh, yeah. I think I saw one. In med school? Yeah. No. Um, I think there are some of. Quite a few of us who do still play the piano, yeah, or like yeah. classically trained violin. Oh yeah, we have Elva Sarte. Yeah, right. Yeah, right Elva right. Sarte. Then yeah. I don't know if I should name drop them. Hi guys, <laughs> if um, you're listening. Okay, yeah, well, it's a long podcast. Yeah, there was a there was a mass I saw this this girl who who was just playing mass songs, right? Chords lang, right? Pero her her wrist and fingers were like positioned. Classically. Like a classical piano. Yeah. What the? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there are a lot of us frustrated artists in med school. That's why we do a lot. That's why you have a lot of med school students with these 
extracurricular activities. Like it, that's where they shine. Like mm-hmm. like in Med Groove, Med Rhythmia, you have all the dancers, all the musicians who happen to be in med school but have music and art as their outlet. So that's where they shine. Do Do you think um, Do you think how, how did Do you think piano still connects to med school? I mean. Or is that disconnected in a way that you could have just not done piano and gone into med school eventually? Well, did, did piano serve you a benefit? I guess with regard to my work ethic, so the discipline it, it takes to practice. That's, that's mostly it. The, I, I didn't really carry over the, the technical skill, but the discipline it takes to practice, especially if you want to work for something, you want to achieve something. So if you want to pass that exam or play this piece by this date or something like that, something that you really set out on doing. Uh, the years I've spent practicing the piano, being diligent, just being there to, taking the time to practice and go through everything. I guess that did carry out through med school and all they have all these notes to read, just focusing in a library, coffee shop, wherever. Yeah, that ethic. For, for those who uh, had a had the pleasure of not having to go through classical piano. It's uh, I, I can speak for Trisha as well <laughs> because I myself is a medyo mababala na abot ko sa piano. But you know, it's 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 really just you you practice with your right hand. You read the notes, which are a bunch of dots on five lines yep. and a bunch of other lines in case they're away from the five lines. It's like a completely different language. It's a different it's an alien language and it, somehow it makes sense to you but you have to memorize on the right hand, then practice your left hand, then put them together, yeah. then it's been one hour, and it's time for bed, and you're meeting your piano teacher in the weekend. Yeah, the and pressure is real. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> practice. Yeah, to be, well, to be fair, when I was still taking lessons, that was one of the motivations to practice. I did not not want to seem like I did not practice in front of my teacher, but of course, they always knew. If you didn't practice, they could tell. Yeah, they, they, they write the same assignments for yep. the next session. Yep, for sure. Like, man. Ang, ang, ang meron lang usad yung, ano, yung exercises, yung hanon. Yeah. Okay, you can do the next hanon, but you're still on this piece. Yeah, man. You could really tell. So, Trisha, um, if you could, uh, what's your advice to young piano players? And just pretend you're also out there, like there's a younger version of you out there. <laughs> you know what? What can you tell them? You know what? Never stop. Like even if the, w- even if you see other people like stopping because they go into different things, like it's one of those things that stays with you all your life. Like you could have gone to med school, find your doctor, but you know you can still you still have music and the piano or whatever instrument you're into to go back to, like for for leisure or for you know for well as an escape I guess from daily life you just chill at the piano yeah I think it's not just for leisure I mean leisure is an understatement therapeutic yes it's really therapeutic and Mm -hmm. do you ever like go home there's no one home just yourself and you walk up to the piano and it's just this like, cathartic feeling. Yeah, like every time you come back to the piano after a long time, it's like, oh man, I wish like, I, how could I not have done this a bit more often than I should? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or for me, it's, uh, no, well, playing classical piano is hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you can only do while you're young. But when you are, I mean, in my perspective, but when you do get to adulthood, and of course you're, doing, you're adulting already, it's just um, really satisfying to to tie yourself since all the work you put in since you were a kid, and then yeah. it, now you can just summon it like a like a simple spell. Yeah, like and it's, it's like a, a great feeling. It's like it's you gotta do a little digging in your memory. <laughs> yeah, although me mga like in contrast to what I've said, I think there are adult beginner piano players yeah. who, who do um, get into the advanced stage. Mm-hmm. I, I, in, even in a shorter span, like. From age five to age eighteen. Yep. Uh, five years alone because they're adults now. Well, being adult sh- an adult shouldn't stop you from enjoying stuff. Yeah. I agree, you know? I agree. I super agree. I myself I play the guitar. Yeah. You should post Instagram stuff 
on the oh, piano. Oh, keep playing piano. Yeah. yeah. If I can post guitar stuff on Instagram, I should do too. Yeah, I'm super <laughs> out of practice. Like to be honest, I haven't touched the piano since for months. Um, I remember Trisha saying when we were early, early in college, sabi niya, she was, she just came from the split road between biology and the one right across the lagoon. Hi, yeah. Known as the College of Music. Hi, fun if, times, fun times. If, if knowing all the things you know now, would you, would you go back to your old self in a time machine and say, do the College of Music. You know what? A part of me wants to do that, actually. Like, what could have happened if I did not become a doctor and decided to take the leap? And, you know. But then another part of me also says, like, um, would you be, would I be in uh, doing music, like, okay, teaching, but not really being able to perform or performing and being happy? But then at the back of my mind, like, wait, I could have been a doctor. I could have had a stable job somehow. So it's a bit of stability versus taking the plunge. And because for me, I'm not, I mean, the way I see it, uh, being able to, especially in our society, being able to go into something like the music or the art, the arts is a b huge gamble because there's a, it's a, there's always this notion that there's no money in the art, which is not true. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. It, it, it could be a misconception. But it, I, I, I don't doubt the, the leap that you said. Yeah, it's really it, a leap it's of faith, a leap. Right? Like, like my endless respect for all my friends and everyone who, has been in, who chose to go into the arts. Like, you're so brave, so brave. Yeah. Like, and I'd love yeah. to get them on. How, is, how are you financially doing it? Are we saying that it's... I'd love to ask them that yeah. same question. But you, you were sort of there, Diva. Yeah, I was. You were sort of there. Like, especially <laughs> when, I, when I went through the, the, the worst possible sem, like, I don't know, I took this GE, which, was, which I later found out had like a 1% passing rate. Everyone got five, whatever. <laughs> my, to my young grade conscious self, like, oh God, I'm not going to PGH anymore, or something <laughs> like that. And there goes my dreams of becoming a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, I had major, major, like, um, existential crises back in college. Like, should I shift to music, something I enjoy doing, or power through this biology, which I kind of enjoy, but I'm not feeling the enjoyment at this point when I'm failing. <laughs> yeah, at that point in, in bio, way back in 20-something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we were just talking about this in the previous podcast, mm. me, myself with Alfred and Elaine. And we, we, I asked them, should we be open to second thoughts? I mean, um, it's really just my, my new age question. Yep. Um, Tisha, you're pretty optimistic. Mm -hmm. I, I see it through you. you you're like a, you're a ball of light. You're ah, glowing. Thank you. But in your heart of hearts, I asked you earlier, what, what, what can we say for people who find themselves at crossroads? You, you went through one yourself. Yeah, you said. For uh, sure. Yeah, doing music and or uh, going through the, yeah. the, the, the medicine path. Yeah. And of, of course, lagi namang nananalo yung medicine. Mm -hmm. Lagi namang nananalo yung law, yung engineering, yeah. business management, accounting. It's Even for biology, mas mananalo pa yung medtech minsan or nursing yeah. or pharmacy or psychology. It's like, it's like a passion versus security sort of internal argument. Yeah. Uh, how... So... I, I just want to put this in a way, you know, like... Ako personally, I'll just say it myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you're at a crossroads, you know you're good, you know you can paint, paint well, you can draw well. This, this really particularly goes for the arts, yep. right? For, for the classical arts. Um, you know what? Just do it. Yeah, man. Just you do know it. you're good at it. Take the, take the leap. <laughs> just do it. You know, parang <laughs> yeah, like that guy. Oh my god, his name escapes my mind at the right at this exact moment. I, yeah, I know who you're I'll talking about. I'll that later. <laughs> Thanks to even Steven. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia yeah. LaBeouf. Oh, there he is. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. One point for you. <laughs> Guys, just do it. And even if 
there are more extreme examples of this. Like uh, you're you're within law school, you're within med school, and there's something's really clawing in your head. You know, yeah. it, it really depends. I, I, we suggest you seek um, advice. Yeah. Seek it, help. It, it it takes a lot of introspection if you. Yeah. But at, in the, at the end of the day, it really boils down to you and how much you want to go down that path. You know, yeah. in retrospect, yes, I could have shifted to a different course. Yes, yes, I could have quit med and, you know, let's screw my parents. Let's just go to the College of Music, yeah. be a pianist. Okay, but at the end of the day, a part of me, a large part of me still wanted to become a doctor. So that's what I stuck with. And you, you were, it has been a great journey nonetheless. Yeah, right? yeah. Indeed. You were, you were you were as brave either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, even for myself, I can just uh, uh, just tell the listeners. Uh, again, we were in biology together, me and Tisha, and you know, I just didn't. I, I knew, not not to knock on the med school people, but I knew if I went there, I would be compromising a lot of the things I wanted to do in my head. Yeah. Even the things I didn't even know I was going to do, like this podcast. Yep. Definitely, I'm not And if you can just relate to that, even just a tiny bit, and you're in college, you give it some second thought. You can message me, I can give you some advice, or I can point you to some people who might have similar interests. And, you know, for me, as in this podcast, that's my new age advocacy. Do it. Yeah. You, do you it. Yeah. Do it. Even if, if it means following the herd. Mm-hmm. Even within the herd, you might break away at some point. Just do it. Yeah. Don't if you know within yourself that this is what I want, like if you've discerned well enough, you know, weigh the pros and cons, know what you want, know what others want for you, take that into consideration as well. But at the end of the day, it's you making the decision for your own life. So, you know, don't let others live your life for you. Yeah, I, even in re- even in med school. So, do med school. Then don't do residency, or do residency, then break away from the school of thought and bring yeah. something new into the into the industry, right? Yeah, or you know, don't do residency, go into public health. Yeah, yeah research, research yeah, is great. I, I, I know of a doctor who um, he's a he specializes in your intestines, mm-hmm. and apparently he did this thing in Germany then. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he's like saying a bunch of things to his older. Residents, consultants, and like, bah humbug. That's ah, new man. stuff. But he's he's doing the same. He's yep. breaking ground. He's being different. Okay, Tisha. Well, what's done is done. Yep. Tell us, how does one like you, who has several talents, piano, even the recent capo era, and mm. your permanent <laughs> profession, medicine, uh-huh. how do they all? mix in your life how can you give an analogy for them you know what let me see Let, so how do i put this so since medicine is my main job yeah so having gone through med school with everything doing capoeira and piano on the side yeah uh, i believe i guess I, the way i could say it is that you know these hobbies of mine i guess like capoeira the piano they all have this philosophy of how you live your life. So you're not just limited to this tiny box. How many years in Capoeira? I actually started Capoeira right before starting med school. So they pretty much go. Yeah, they pretty much go hand in hand. Five years is not a joke for something. I could be five years doing ultimate frisbee. You know, I guess doing Capoeira like shaped how pretty much how I live my life today. So having the being able to juggle different things in my life so allotting time for my hobbies allotting enough time to study to work yeah you know what guys Trisha would I, I mentioned Trisha was a, like a glowing optimistic person she wouldn't be like just like that if not for her habits right yeah. she's studying she's exercising mm, I try she, I try um, she, she does piano although you can do something else like coloring yeah. sketching yep. there's there's a guy in PGH named DJ. He he makes some pretty good movies, mm. and he's cool. studying medicine. Yeah, really. So it's it's not just Trisha. It's not just a bunch of other people. A, a lot of artistic people are like studying a main profession. Yeah, actually, I've had the opportunity to meet this 
this other doctor, he's a currently an ER consultant in the army, actually. So he's part of the, he's actually part of the Marines, but he's also a pretty amazing artist, like crazy. His works get get exhibited, get into exhibits and stuff like that. Caliber artist, and he's also a doctor, and he's also in the army. So, you know, you can, you could, you're not. It's no, lo- it's no longer true that you're in this profession. This is all you do. That's no longer true in this day and age where you have all the resources like the internet and the media, and we all, we all have we have all this technology that allows us to multitask. So we can be more than just a doctor, more than just an artist. You know, they they're not mutually exclusive. I think. Do you remember the name of the doctor who paints? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Said Sedikol. Hi, sir. Right. We'll look <laughs> Shout him up, out. Put him in the show notes. Yeah, I, I think we were talking about this in the previous podcast with Reggie. He just basically said focus is so underrated these days. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just um, get into this flow, get into this zen where you work in the day and in the night you're able to do something mm-hmm. else, it's, it really makes for a happy life. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I learned from Capoeira. Actually, when you play Capoeira, it's like a a lot of people say it's like a conversation between you and the person you're playing with. See, we don't call it a fight; we call it a game. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, it's like a conversation with well, kicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you you you, you don't re- you go into a Capoeira game not expecting what's gonna happen. You don't ex- you don't know if you're that per- the person you're gonna play with is nice. We're gonna have good easy game or they're out to get you. So basically, you just go go in, jump in, roll with the punches, like uh, or the kicks or the kicks. <laughs> yeah, just. Um, you go with the flow. Basically, that's how I apply in life. So whatever I'm faced with during duty or whatever whatever obstacles, problems come my way, you know what? We're just going to go through this. Yeah, just let it let it go. I mean, it's a very, I guess it's a very zen thing to do. So is that, uh, do you want to describe Capoeira a bit more for, for our listeners? I mean, yes. it's really interesting and... And uh, ambiguous at the same time. It is. Like it is. You could, you could, you could ask someone who's been doing capoeira for ten years. You won't get a concrete <laughs> answer as to what capoeira really like, is. But but you see them guys, diba? They're like, y- y- parang break dance, whatever. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero ah, of yeah. Tekken. Yeah. <laughs> <Basically>. Eddie Gordo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Eddie Gordo. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. So if you if it's your first time to look at a capoeira, we call it a hoda. So it's spelled spelled as R O D A. YouTube it there's a shit ton of mm-hmm. videos on YouTube so if you see uh, people in a circle then in one end there are people playing Brazilian instruments singing songs then in the middle you have two people playing against each other like throwing kicks or doing cartwheels whatever they're, it's like they're fighting but not really so it's, that's why it, that's why that's why Kapar always gets misconstrued as a dance because they frankly they do look like they're dancing but you know if you once you get into the sport it's actually much, a lot more than that it's like a form of expression it's historically it's how the brazilian slaves got together as a community somehow to oh. yeah it's a the so parang african origin it takes it's yeah afro brazilian so yeah. it takes its roots from african slaves in Brazil with Portuguese owners so the 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 most common myth behind I mean the most common myth and slash legend behind Capoeira is that it started out as a way to conceal um, fighting against the system fighting against against the masters in oh, the form of dance right. so it's like disguising disguising your kicks and punches as dance moves so that's how, and with the music and everything. Tisha, medicine for you is an open door. Yeah, it is. It's an open door. Yep. Capoeira, it's an open also door. Also an open door. An open door. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where, where, where this is leading? Uh, do tell, do tell. <laughs> what about piano? Man. What does the door look like? Man. That's 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 difficult to answer. It's it's something for me. It's a jar. No, um, piano f- for me is something that's always been with me. So it's something I could always go back to. Like, hey, there's a piano there. Okay, let's play a few tunes. Like for old times' sake. 
something I've been struggling to do for the past years, actually. Ever since, like, breaking from the habit of weekly piano lessons, waiting for the next recital, is learning to play piano again for the sake of playing the piano, for the sheer enjoyment of the music. So now I have an, an analogy for you. Yeah. Medicine is a door, is the main door going outside the house. Uh-huh. Capoeira is the other door going to the garage. Yep. And piano. Piano is the bedroom. There's it's, no it's, door. There is no door. It's yeah. a room. It's a room. It's your it's your Beautiful. sacred den, uh, happy room, or in the however you want to call it. Yeah, the sala. Room. Where's the piano in your house? Oof. It's an... I don't know how to describe that room. My house is weird. Okay, <laughs> to be so honest. music room, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a special room for your special piano. It's like your hobby room, I guess. To summarize my life and the state I'm in right now, so I'm currently taking a year off, actually. Yo. So yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's, that, that's why I. That's why I took the trip. That's why I'm moonlighting right now, like taking jobs on the go. Not really committing to a residency path, you know, because med- after med school you have this stereotypical path to go through. Mm-hmm. Like you go specialize in residency, then subspecialize, and this goes on. Yeah, yeah. But I found myself not be being able to commit to a specific path, you know, because I'd go rotate in one subspecialty. I'd enjoy it so much, and I'd say, okay, this is what I want to do after graduation. Then I move on to the next specialty, and I'd also enjoy you say that. Say the same exact thing. Man, <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's pretty much why we take the year off. So you know, I I really wanted to take a step back and see where I am right now. So to those who are, I guess this is my message for to those who are listening who are not completely sure of where to go. You know, it's okay. It's 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 okay to take the time to see where you are right now, and see where you could look deeper to where you could like the your options to where to go after this you know something like that earlier in the podcast i alluded to the famous quote from heraclitus i used it to introduce patricia in such a way that highlights her backpacking trip as something transformational however it was apparent to me that patricia was transforming throughout her life First, it was centered around classical piano, which turned into high school and then college biology, flanked by five years in capoeira, which went along with five years of, oh, med school. What's admirable about her was that at the middle of such a fast-paced life, where doors are always opening, she did herself a service, reaching back into her distant past of her youth, her room with the piano. Serving oneself, especially the child within, is a lesson we can all learn from Patricia. I mean, Dr. Patricia. I hope you guys enjoyed the first three episodes of the Life As podcast with Reggie, Alfred and Elaine, and today with Patricia. Rest assured, more is to come, more deep-dive topics that give the spotlight to things maybe mundane but actually relevant. You may reach me at lifeaspodcast at zoho.com or at madrid.ryan at gmail.com. This has been the Life As Podcast. Thanks for listening.